Well, good morning, Eastside. <laughs> it is so good to be here with you this morning, to be with you in this room, and to be with you online. Uh, wherever you are, it is good to be a part of the family of God. And I'm just so glad to um, be able to share the message this morning. Uh, Pastor Kerry, of course, uh, would send his love and, um, and just say hello to everyone if he could. But I'm just glad to be standing in this space. Uh, the stairs are new, so I had to figure out how to get up those. Yeah. Um, and so um, earlier I practiced, I wanted to make sure I got, up, got it right, you know. Nothing like falling up the stairs um, on the way to the sermon. <laughs> so this morning I wanted to just spend some time in the Word. Last week was Easter, and um, with the celebration of Easter and all of the power that comes along with the Easter story and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I know that it is it's, it's for the church the most powerful day of the year. It's like, you know, it's our New Year's Eve, you know, kind of deal, you know. Everybody comes out with party hats and all, well, maybe not hats. But we all come together and we celebrate this gift that is given and this promise that we will have everlasting life through Jesus Christ and what he did on Calvary. And not just dying on the cross, but getting up on the third day. So that's something that we celebrate. But for so many of us or so many people Easter came and it went. We didn't really get the opportunity to really celebrate it because maybe there's been so much going on in your world. Maybe there's been a lot of loss. Maybe there's been a lot of situations and things that cause you to be in a state of depression or a state of loss, and you've missed out on Easter. You missed out on the resurrection. And so uh, today I want to uh, bring it back again. I don't know about you if you ever like a good uh, 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 heated, reheated meal. I think those are the best after the seasoning has settled in a little bit and you had a chance to really, you know, let it sit in the refrigerator, cool off, and then you heat it back up and it tastes really good. So I'm going to ask you today, in case you missed it, will you re-Easter? Now, most of you are saying, okay, re-Easter. I've never heard that word before. Of course you haven't because I made it up. And so re-Easter, well, Mike, what do you mean by re-Easter? Re-Easter, uh, I said re-Easter because I look at the word re. Um, anytime you see the word re, uh, it is from a Latin uh, word, um, and it's like basically we use it as a prefix that comes in front of a word to let you know that whatever the word behind it is either being done again or it's being known, okay? Uh, so we may rediscover something because re is there. It says that what's coming is already known or we are doing it again. Sometimes re means again and again and again. When I was a kid, there used to be this uh, commercial. None of you guys will know it. But um, on New York TV, it would come and it would say, come to Jamaica again and again and again. And I, I, I love that commercial. And so I always thought about this idea of like coming again, the repeat of something, repeating something again. And so for those who may have missed it because you may have been in the fog of life, you may have been depressed, you might have been discouraged, you might have been wounded, you might be wounded today, and you might have decided, I'm not even going to church today, but for some reason, you turn on, the, um, uh, on your computer, your phone, or you walked into this building today, I want us to go through the process of re-Eastering. Well, let's go through the scripture to kind of understand what I'm really saying um, this morning about re-Eastering. If you turn with me to John, the 20th chapter, we're going to start at verse 19. You remember the story, before we go there, um, you remember the story of Easter, how Mary went to the 
tomb and discovered that Jesus was not there. And all the disciples, several disciples ran to the tomb. They also discovered that he was not there. And then uh, Mary has this encounter where she's talking to angels and, uh, and saying, if you tell me where you have laid my Lord, I'll go get him and bring him back. And then Jesus appears and he says uh, to her, Mary, and she says, uh, Rabboni, meaning teacher, saying, hey, uh, she discovered who Jesus, that Jesus was there and it changed everything. And he says, go tell my brothers and sisters that I have risen just like I said. And so she goes back and she tells all of the disciples that Jesus indeed has risen from the grave. And that is the good news of Easter, right? That's the good news. That's what we celebrate as believers, as Christians. That's why we come together. That's why we have hope. But guess what? Just because we have hope in that moment and we are sharing it, there's still some people who need to have an encounter with Jesus in order to be able to accept this good news. So let's look at John, the 20th chapter, verse 19. The Bible says, On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. First off, this is the first day of the week. This is literally the same day that Jesus rose from the grave. This is the evening, okay? So Jesus rose, told Mary, she went back, told the guys, they're all inside the room and the door is locked. I think that's kind of interesting. They got good news, but they locked the door because there was fear Amiss. There was fear. I don't know about you in the world that we're living in today. There's so many things happening all the time that sometimes you can find yourself just being afraid, afraid to walk out of your house, afraid to turn on the news, afraid of the report you're going to get, afraid of somebody calling you and saying, hey, I just tested positive COVID. You know, all of these things, there's so many fearful things. What will the impacts be? So many of us, we've lost so many things and we started locking our doors, closing the blind, turning off the TV, turning off the radio. We don't want to be associated with all the stuff. We're off the, all the, social media and all this stuff because we just don't want the bad news. And so these guys were in there and they had the doors locked. And the Bible says, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. I like that because Jesus didn't even use a door. He just stood among them. Oh, I love that. That's instant access. You talk about the internet, Jesus is better than the internet. Amen. He just showed up in the room at the right time, just when they needed him most. And so he said, peace be with you. He says that because he didn't want them to be afraid because no one had seen the, him except Mary. And so he's standing there in this room and, and he says, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, the evidence that this was really Jesus. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Notice that line. They were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They saw the Lord and they were overjoyed. Again, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. You know in Acts when the Bible says, and when the Holy Spirit had fully come, when the Holy Ghost had fully come, in this moment they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. He also gives them authority and power to forgive and, and, and not to forgive sin. Then the Bible goes on to say, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, 
one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Pause there for a minute. All the disciples are in this room, but there's one whose name is Thomas who was not there when Jesus showed up. And most people would say, well, where was Thomas? What was going on with Thomas? Remember that Thomas had experienced uh, all that the disciples had experienced. He saw his Savior, his Lord, beaten and hung on a tree. He saw his Savior buried and, and the stone rolled in front of the tomb. And so he missed all of the after facts, the things that came later. I don't know about you, but there's so many people who miss the message, miss the good news. And maybe last week you missed the good news because you couldn't see because of all of the devastation. You couldn't hear because of all the bad news you've heard. But guess what? He missed it. He was not in the room. And so he missed the appearance of Jesus. He missed Jesus. I want to let you know that some of us, we are missing Jesus right now. The weight is so heavy. The burdens are so heavy. And, and we just are missing him. We're missing the experience. We're missing the power of worship. We're missing the word of God. We're missing prayer. We seem like we're misfiring. I don't know if you've ever been in a car that you try to start, and when you're starting it, it won't fire up. I've, I've had a lot of that in my life. And you keep turning, and you're hoping, and, you, and then you start praying, and it's misfiring. And some of us in our spiritual lives, we are misfiring. And so they let us know that Thomas was not there when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Now you would think that Thomas would be excited about this good news. You think that Thomas would be like, oh man, that's great. You saw Jesus. It's so great. But guess what? Thomas, he says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where his, the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Thomas made up in his mind, he said, unless I have my experience, unless I have evidence, I will not believe. I want to let you know, most of us, we give uh, Th Thomas a bad rap. We give him a bad uh, rap about being Doubting Thomas. Matter of fact, most of us use that terminology like, oh, listen to Doubting Thomas. He doesn't believe, you know, this or doesn't believe that, you know. And so we use that terminology, but the reality is, is that Thomas was just like all the other disciples. He was just like all the other disciples. Notice this. The Scripture clearly tells us that they saw Jesus. They saw him. He showed them. They saw him. And so their testimony was based upon what they had, what they seen. Remember, Mary came and she said, hey, Jesus has risen. He told me to tell you, but guess what? They locked the door. Why? Because maybe her testimony wasn't enough for them. And he shows up and shows himself to them. Thomas, he said, mm-mm, say what you want, but let's I see him for myself. Today I want to go through five words that start with Ari. Ari meaning again, because I believe the church is in a space where we need some things to happen again. 
And so the first RE word I'd like to introduce to you today is reveal. Thomas needed Jesus to reveal himself to him. Thomas needed to see Jesus for himself. He set up in his mind, he said, unless I see it for myself, it's good that you said it, but I need my own experience. I want to let you know that that is so important for us as people of faith, that we must have our own experience with Jesus. It's good that grandpa and grandma were, were, were faith warriors, and mom and dad, they are believers, and they are following that same tradition. But for you, what are you doing? What is your testimony? The most interesting thing that ever has happened to me is when I uh, ask a person, tell me about your story of faith, and they start telling me about their grandparents and their parents. But no, what is your story of faith? How did you meet the Savior? How did you come into relationship with the Savior? And so Thomas needed Jesus to reveal himself to Thomas. One of the greatest joys I have is working at the university and working with students. I love working with students because, especially college students, because they're in that, you know, some of y'all are here. I see y'all. I see y'all. They're like, they're like yeah, we're here. Uh, <laughs> y'all in that place where you are still making so many decisions. And many of you, you have your freedom for the first time, and you're able uh, to be able uh, to make choices. Not just what you're going to eat or if you're going to play sports or things like that, but where you're going with your career and your life. You have all these choices. And so um, I have students sometimes who reach out to me and they ask to meet with me about various issues, whatever it may be. And I had one student uh, who reached out to me. And I usually try to dig a little bit so I can be prepared uh, for the conversation with the student. So I'm just not like we're not just shooting the breeze, but we can get to whatever it is that uh, they would like to talk about. And so I asked the students, like, like what, what do you want to talk about? And I said, I just want to talk about some decisions I'm making. Okay, great. So we set up the meeting. He, he came in. We started talking and sharing. And, um, and I, I was, like, trying to get to it. And I was like, okay, so tell me about, you know, life. What's going on with you? How's school? School's great. How's sports? Sports is great. Doing great. I said, so, um, what's going on? What's, what's, what's the decisions? You said you weren't, you're making some decisions. And he said, well, I've decided that I'm leaving AU. And I said, huh? I said, well, you just said school is good. Your grades are good. Sports is good. All that's good. Why are you leaving? He said, well, I feel like I'm in conflict. I said, what do you mean conflict? He said, well, this is a Christian university and I'm in conflict at times. I said, well, look, tell me a little bit about your story of faith. Because maybe he came from a different religious practice or something, and I wanted to understand what was going on. I said, tell me your story of faith. And he started to giggle. He said, <laughs> um, well, I don't really have one. And I said, so tell me more about that. And as we went around several times, about the third time, he came out and he said, I'm agnostic. And I said, okay. Um, and I just said, okay, first thing, and he started talking. I said, well, tell me, um, how'd you come there? How'd you get there? And he started talking about his mom and his dad. Mom was very active, a little active in church, more active than dad. And, and so he had seen church, he'd been around church and all those things. And so we circled around for, um, for a while, and then he said it again. He said, I'm agnostic. And I said, great! And he looked at me, 
Because he knew, he's like, man, you're a preacher of the gospel. You know, I heard, I've heard you in chapel multiple times. What do you mean great? You're supposed to be like, no, 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 we ain't going to have that. Let me pray for you. Let me anoint you. Let me do something for you. No, I said, great. And he looked shocked. But I meant great. And why did I mean great? Because I started to tell him, I said, you know what? I said, it's good. You know why? I said, you're in the right place. I said, you're in the right place. I said, you know why you're in the right place? I said, because now you get to ask all of your classmates. You get to ask all of your friends. You get to ask your professors and everybody that you come in contact with, how did they come into faith? How did they fall into a relationship with Jesus? You're in the right place. I said, and hopefully someone is able to tell you a testimony that would compel you and convince you that you want this same relationship. I said, the good news is, I said, I want to let you know, you're the type of person I want to know. I want to know a person who did not believe, who came into faith because they had their personal encounter with Jesus. Makes all the difference. Makes all the difference. And so he sat there, he looked at me with his eyes just like wide open. And I accepted him because he was on his own journey of faith. And so he needed Jesus to be revealed to him. Everyone has to have a revelation moment where you discover Jesus for yourself. I remember when I was 13 that when it all came together and I knew that I wanted Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. It wasn't because when I was five and six that I prayed on the side of my grandmother's bed and often she would be praying when I fell asleep. <laughs> it wasn't because I went to church every Sunday and she went to Seventh-day Adventist church when we got to New York. I went to Baptist church. I've been to Catholic church. I've been um, even, I, I even went to the Kingdom Hall. I was looking for Jesus. And then I got to a small church in Brooklyn and at the age of 13, Jesus revealed himself to me and I wanted him to be my Lord and Savior. The Bible says this in verse 26. It says, a week later, his disciples were in the house again. Check this out, y'all. And Thomas was with them. Thomas was in the house. Thomas was not doing his own thing. He was in the house. I want to let you know there's something about being in the house. You may be confused about a lot of things in this world, but if you can stay in the house, you'll be all right. I know when uh, we get older, you know, especially teenagers, when you start turning around about 18, 19, you can't wait. You can't wait to go to college. You can't wait to get out the house. You can't wait uh, to, uh, to get that job. You can't wait to get that career. You can't wait to get that, that, that boyfriend, that girlfriend. You can't wait for any of those things. You know, you can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Then you discover a thing called bills. Amen. <laughs> I love when I see young people with shirts that says, I am not adulting today. <laughs> I want a shirt that says that. <laughs> I want my kids to say, <laughs> I want them to know I'm not adulting today. Cook dinner for yourself. Anyway, <laughs> but the reality of us rushing out of the house, but Thomas was in the house that day. And the Bible says, though the doors were, were locked, <laughs> check this out. 
Jesus showed himself to all the disciples. He came and told them, he said, I come and I am sending you. He tells them, hey, I give you, I breathe on you the power of the Holy Spirit. I breathe on you. And he says, hey, you get the power to forgive, not forgive. He gives all of that. And guess what? Jesus leaves and they lock the door again. <laughs> they didn't feel safe. Sometimes the world that we're in can cause us with all that we have, all the faith that we have, and all that we know that God can do to lock the doors, to remove ourselves from the world because of fear. And so the doors were locked. But Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Number two word that I want to uh, encourage you to do today is to remain. Hey, if things are crazy, remain. Remain in the house of the Lord. And when I say the house of the Lord, I'm not talking about a physical place. I'm talking about a position, a posture of being, remaining in the space of faith. Hold on. Help is coming. Remain in the house. Remain in that space. Jesus will show up. Thomas remained, even though for a whole week. Now notice this. All of this took place Easter evening, and a week later, Jesus came back. Hello, you hear me? You hear me? It's a week later. Easter was like, this makes sense to y'all, right? A week later, right? That's today. So in case you missed it last week, today just might be your day. Maybe today is your day. Maybe you missed it all. Maybe with all of the, uh, uh, the, 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 the sounds and the music and the world and all the things that were going on, you missed the message. You missed the hope. You missed the joy. You missed the peace that he offers. Maybe you missed it, but today might be your day. And so Jesus stood there, and as he said, the first time he came, peace be with you. I want you to remain. Hold on to what you have. Hold on to the community of faith. If you got praying people around you, hold on to them. If you got a, a, a tattered Bible, hold on to it. If sometimes you can't say the words when you pray, just mumble and God will understand it. Remain. Don't leave. Hold on. The Bible goes on to say in verse 27, it says, Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Wait, wait, wait. I love this. Jesus did not waste any time. This appearance had nothing to do with the other disciples. This appearance had everything to do with Thomas. He said, peace be with you. I came to see about Thomas. Oh, my God. I don't know about you, how isolated you may feel. You may feel like you're in the valley or on top of a mountain in a place where nobody can see you, and you feel isolated, you feel alone, you are, are, are depressed and ashamed, whatever's going on in your life. I want to let you know that Jesus will show up just for you and he don't need no door. 
He steps into the room and he stands there and he gets right to business with Thomas. He needs to make this transaction with him. He needs to make this transformation in his mindset with him. And so he starts to go right to it. He says, Thomas, I know what you want. I know what you need. The good news is that the Lord already knows what you want. He already knows what you need. And he will meet you at the point of your need. Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. He needed to get Thomas on the same page with the rest of the disciples. There was work to be done, and Thomas could not be of a different opinion, so Jesus stops by to see about Thomas. That's good news this morning. If you're sick, Jesus will stop and see about you. If you're depressed, he will stop and see about you. If you're in debt, he will stop and see about you. If your kids are acting crazy, he will stop and see about them. <laughs> and so, the next word I like to share with you today is review, is review. Thomas began to review the spaces on Jesus' body where he had the evidence of what happened. He starts to review his hands and his side. He saw them when they had hung him to a tree. He saw them when they pierced him in his side. He saw what happened to his Savior, and he, with all of that memory, he says, I am going to review because this is the evidence. Hear this. This is the evidence that this is the Christ. I want you to start to rewind the tapes of your life. Remember the spaces and the places that Jesus showed up in your life. Remember the miracles that only he could have done. Remember all of the ways that he made that only he could have made. I want you to rewind the tapes of your life and remember the times you prayed and he answered. And remember the times he answered and it wasn't what you wanted, but it was what you needed. Remember everything that the Lord has done for you. Review the tape and you'll discover that it is Jesus, that it is him, that he is the one who has made a way for you and for me. I love the idea of reviewing. Most times in our home, um, sometimes I don't get to catch the news, and so my wife, she helps me out with the news. Um, and she'll tell me, she's like, you know what happened today? And she'll tell, she'll tell me a story about something that happened in the news, and I'm like, that's impossible. And my wife, sometimes she'll get the story kind of like, almost right. <laughs> and we laugh about this sometimes. I'm like, it was not 12, it was seven. And, you know, little things like that, little details that make all the difference and whatnot. It was not a plane, it was a bus. And, you know, like things like that, right? It makes a difference, right? And so we'll talk about something. We just, we crack up about it and whatnot. And I said, I cannot trust you as my news source. And so the good thing about it is I can always go back and catch the news. If I miss the game, I can always go back and catch the rewind. It's important to be able to do the rewind, to go back and to remember. Because if you remember, it'll help you in the space that you are right now. You're sick today, but you've been sick before. You broke today, you've been broke before. 
You laughed before, you'll laugh again. Whatever is going on, the tape of your life will help you to deal with today. Review. The Bible goes on to say, it says in verse 28, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. The next R I like to re, I like to introduce to you is recommit. Thomas recommitted himself to Jesus. He recommitted himself to the lordship of Jesus. He said, my Lord and my God, I reviewed the tape. I reviewed the spots. I reviewed your hands. I reviewed uh, your side. And because of what I have seen, I know it's you, Lord. I know it's you, my God. I know it's you. And so he recommitted himself. Now notice this. He was in the house, but he was in his own space. Everybody else had seen Jesus, but he was not in a committed space because he had not seen him for himself. But once he had seen him, he was able to recommit. Some of us need to see him again. Some of us, we've been distant, and we haven't seen the working of God in a world that seems godless at times. We haven't seen the hand of God, but I wanna let you know that he is very much involved in our world. I love the song we just sang, God Turn It Around. That song gets me every time. Uh, first service, I, I pulled it together for a second, but first service, I always messed up. I was over there crying because I started thinking about some things. I'm just waiting for the Lord to turn it around. When I think about this pandemic, I can't wait. I can't wait to hug some of you. Well, I, I can't wait to hug all of you, okay? All right, that, that, that doesn't sound too good. Some are like, you don't want to hug me. No, I want to hug you too. Listen, after this is over, I'm going to hug everybody, okay? Everybody, anybody, if it's okay. I'm going to ask you first. Well, no, I'm, I'm going to try to ask you first, okay? Uh, but, but the reality is, is that we want to see some things happen. We want God to turn it around. But what I love about the song is it's not the first part of it, but it's at the end. When it says he is doing something, he is saving someone right now. See, I don't see him saving someone. I'm not in that dialogue or that conversation, but I have the confidence to know that God is doing that thing right now, even though I can't see it. Wow. Recommit. Maybe some of us today need to recommit ourselves to the Lord. Recommit ourselves to what we remember about the Lord and trust him for the next phase of our lives. Verse 29 says, Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, most of us, we think of this as a slight to Thomas. But no, it really wasn't a slight to Thomas. It was a truth for all of them because they all had seen. But blessed are those who have not seen. Most of us, we would say, but does that mean us? No. Mm -mm. Because you've seen too. You've seen them work. You've seen them make ways. You've seen miracles. You've seen them open doors that were closed. You've seen them heal bodies that were sick. You've seen him. But blessed are those who have not seen and still believe. My last re word 
is not even connected to this story or this passage. It's personal. It's personal because it's where I've been in my life. Because everywhere I've seen in my life, every time things fall apart, every time things are broken, every time that I don't know which way to go, the Lord always comes through and he always makes sense of nonsense. And so my last reword is recommend. I recommend Jesus. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're wrestling with, whatever you're fighting against, whatever is holding you, gripping you, whatever you feel lost in, I recommend Jesus. I recommend him as a good companion because he will walk with you. He will talk with you. He will tell you that he, that you are his own. Amen. That's the Jesus that we serve. I recommend him no matter what it is. I, listen, some people, you know, when you tell them uh, that, that you're sick, uh, my grandmother, I, let me tell you, I go back when I was a little kid, my grandmother, you know, you say, Grandma, I'm not feeling well. Other people will say, oh, give him a Tylenol. Give him a, a this, give him that, give him something and whatnot. My grandmother would say, I'm going to give him Jesus, and she would pray. I recommend Jesus. And there were many times that those hands were laid on me as a child, and those hands were healing hands, and I experienced the power of healing because of prayer. I recommend Jesus. Whatever you are today, whatever you're going through today, I recommend Jesus. Well, this is Easter reheated, revamped, reviewed, revealed, served again. Because maybe you missed it last week. Maybe you weren't able to celebrate with everyone else. Maybe it was difficult. And maybe even right now it's difficult. But Thomas, I came for you today. I came to let you know you're not isolated. You're not estranged from this good news. This is not somebody else's message. This is your message that you indeed are also being resurrected with Jesus. That you are resurrected. That things in your life are coming alive and there is hope springing forth. Yeah, in case you missed it, let's re-Easter. This week, or last week, Lake sent me a, a song. We were talking about worship and how worship would go. And, and he said, hey, you know, um, I'm selecting music uh, for uh, the worship time. And he said, you know, um, will you share something? And so I gave him like a, um, a blurb about like faith, restoring faith, reuniting faith and, and encouragement, you know, just for the body. It was so like... It wasn't enough to go on, okay? It just wasn't enough to go on. And I know the Lord is real. I know he's real. Lake sent back this song I never heard before. And in the song, I heard everything that was in the message. And it was confirmation of what God had given to me. And this morning, Lake is going to lead us in this song of worship but I like to call this song Thomas's song for every Thomas that's in this space. 
Maybe you're not Thomas today, but you've been Thomas before. I know I've been Thomas before. Maybe you're online and you're sitting there and say, oh, that's me today. I'm wrestling. I'm struggling. I'm doubting. I need Jesus to show up. Because the truth is really that all Thomas wanted was Jesus. All he wanted was Jesus. He didn't need anything else but Jesus. And because Jesus loved Thomas so much, he showed up for him.